nothing hurts my mom that she showed anyway. She'd always say, you do what you need to do to take care of yourself. But she thought that meant she had to do it on her own. We were trained to help others. But there's strength in finding help for yourself, too. We're in this together. Even the toughest of us might not know where to go to get a little support. Encourage women who have served to learn more about the VA care and benefits they've earned. The VA Women Veterans Call Center connects veterans with personalized information on VA services that can make a difference. Call 1-855-VA-WOMEN or visit www.womenshealth.va.gov. Hello, welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. I'm the host. My name is Travis. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hoobazoo Network. You can find out more on hoobazoo.com. I want to thank all my sponsors, Joyce Asak of Asak Real Estate, Mark Holmes of Reaper Detailing and Power Washing, a veteran-owned business, and my supporters, Semper Savage Salad Dressing, Bottom Gun Coffee, Coffee, excuse me, and Quezon Shaving Company. <sighs> good stuff, good stuff. And I am excited right now because I'm talking to another veteran who is doing amazing things in her space with her platform. It's a really amazing story. And I just want to take this time and welcome Army veteran Althea Williams to Oscar Mike Radio. Althea, thank you so much for your time. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. This is really great. We got connected through... Uh, Ryan Cornelius and the Veterans Coalition uh, group who supports each other and you and I are both part of that and you're the first one from that group to come up well yeah you're the first one Ryan was first that was before the coalition got together and I just want to thank you for uh, doing this so I ask all the veterans because the transition part of their story is so important kind of just tell us you know what you did in the military and how that was for you Wow. Well, like I share with many is that I wasn't your typical veteran that joined in, you know, right out of high school. I was turning 39. And so, yes, and I, you know, had my, my MBA. And so I went ahead and I prayed about it, got a confirmation as to what I was supposed to do. I joined and then I went ahead and accepted the position of um, aviation operations specialist. So that was more so aviation, but it was a journey. <laughs> oh, well, wait a minute, you're 39 years old. Did, you, en you, did you enlist or go in as an officer? I enlisted because I, here's the thing. I know everyone's like, you should have went in as an officer. Well, I didn't go in as an officer because that required me to go in for six years versus uh, enlisted was four. And then they were taking care of my student loans and things enlisted. So I'm like, hmm, I'll go enlisted because I didn't know if I was going to be able to survive six years because I was, I wasn't a physical person like that. You know, I took care of myself, but I, you know, my job for 20 something years was not required on my physical abilities. So I'm like, mm, I'm not sure. Let's, let's try this and list, listen it out because it's four years. I could get in and get out. 
that was my plan. I was like, just in case I couldn't physically do it. So, so you have a college degree and an MBA and you're 39 and you're like, okay, I want to do this. Um, we could have a whole show just on what the boot camp experience was like for a 39 year old versus a 19 year old Althea, because that had to be, you had to get some, uh, some looks from the DI uh, drill sergeants about that. Oh my gosh. It was a culture shock because, um, well, it looked good on paper because I always wanted to join from high school, but something always came up. And when I did decide I wanted to go, I was pregnant or another time I was like, okay, I have another year in college, but I can't join now because I got to finish this last class and I was going to go OCS, but somehow I ended up getting offered a job to run the chamber of commerce and these different things that came up. And I was like, Hmm, I'm just going to see how things work out civilian wise, but my passion and what I really wanted to do since I was high school was join the military. So I know people are like, what made you join at 39? Like, who does that? But it was something that I always wanted to do. And the thing was, in my mind, I was like, I always heard older people say the things that they regret was the things that they didn't do, they always wanted to do. And for me, I always wanted to join the military coming from a family of military uh, veterans. So I was like, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> So you do that, you get into aviation operations. Now, the Army doesn't have, like, like not the Air Force, the Navy, the Marine Corps. They have primarily, like, helicopters, rotary wing. Were you working for, like, a helicopter squadron? Well, I worked in flight ops, and then I worked in base ops. So we had Apaches, Blackhawks, and Chinooks. Okay. And so... Depend when I worked with a unit was flight ops. So depending on what aircraft we had, you know, I did flight tracking and you know following, and then also um, you know making sure if they needed equipment, you know, if they're going up, where are they going, you know, just tracking the flights of my unit. But when it's base ops, you're tracking, you know, the flights of the various units of the battalions. So um, that was pretty much what I was doing. So it's almost like uh, with base ops, it was similar to uh, working with air traffic control. So we, when they're not in, in when they're not in the station, I would have to do the flight following for them. Let them know, you know, hey, uh, there's someone flying in on this side or that side, whatever. So it was it was similar to air traffic control. Gotcha, gotcha. So. You do this, and, and you know we had talked before, you know now about your transition out of the military. You, you stayed in for four years, but there were some things going on with your transition. Um, what was the transition experience like for you getting out of the military? Because it wasn't exactly like mine, where it was like, "Here's your end date, goodbye, see you." Right. Well, I that's where it was a little. Uh, difficult for me because it wasn't something that I planned. You know, we all have our plan for our lives. Okay, I'm going to go into military. I'm going to college and I want this career. I want to do that. And you have your life mapped out. But when you, something happens, like with me, I um, was in an accident when I was in, in Germany, which caused me to have a traumatic brain injury. And so when you, you know, doing flight ops, you kind of have to be you know, you can't deal with some of the medical challenges that I was having. 
there wasn't a, any way that I could, you know, continue to do do my job, but especially do it while overseas, you know, dealing with some of the chronic things that I was dealing with. And so I, it was a lot of psychological changes that I had to go through not being the same person that I used to. And I always compare it to um, going through a mourning process, you know, with when you experience a traumatic uh, brain injury, or let's say you lose the limb or you are you now you have a physical condition that you never had before, you have to now adapt to this new lifestyle that you knew nothing of. And, you know, from normal to now, you have to make these adapt to things that could be very depressing because you, your mind and your body wants to do the same thing that you used to do, but you can't. And then when you keep trying to attempt to do that, that's where it could become very challenging and depressing. You know, I can understand it on a certain level with some things that's gone on in my life in the le- very recently. Mm-hmm. So you have to get out, you have to transition, but you also have to kind of learn who you are again is what it sounds like. Yes. Yes. That was, that was it. Like, I even today, to this day as we speak, I'm still learning and still in that process of learning who I am, what my voice is. Um, The most important thing that I've learned is I know I have certain deficits and you know what? I've learned that it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay if I can't find the words to say um, or, you know, I just have to learn that it is what it is, you know, I'm not perfect. And this is, these are the challenges. I don't call it my disability. I call it my different abilities. And so what I love about it is that I feel like God has called me to uh, bring a community of women together. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have these challenges, but he is just showing up and giving me favor in the area that I'm so weak at. <laughs> I feel like I'm so weak at, but um but from the favor that I have with my audience and people, they don't see that. Well, that is kind of where I want to go next is this happened and and changed your life, the whole trajectory of what you thought you were going to do. Mm -hmm. And then you said, you said this before, you you know, in in our overall perfectionist coalition group and, you know, individually with me and you, that you felt like you were called to be this, this bridge, this connector, this voice for female veterans primarily. Mm-hmm. Where, when did that start really becoming in the focus for you? Uh, I would say it was during my, um, before I was medically, um, uh, medically discharged. The thing is, I, in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to connect with people that understand me. I'm about to get out. I don't know if I have friends that could, you know, understand the, you know, what it's like to lose battle buddies in in Afghanistan, what it's like to, you know, experience traumatic um, things um, via your service. And I I don't say it in a way that, oh, the army did this, is because we all know that we signed up for the army and we know there's chances for anything, it's chances for us to not be here. So I say, Um, with that, it's hard to relate to civilians 
And so I knew I needed to bring a community of uh, veterans together so I could build my own tribe so that when I got out, the transition wasn't as, um, as hard. But one day I was like really in a dark space and, and I ended up going to this eight week program with other women veterans. And every day I always say that we, I mean, we, we laughed, we cried every day for eight weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh, we understand each other and there's no way I'm going to find it, you know, civilian friends that understand like my sisters in arms. And so then after that, the day that I received my DD-214, this actor in Hollywood media consultant contacted me and invited me to the Kennedy Center and he had a live taping on ABC and proceeds of his book was going to Wounded Warriors. And I'm like, okay, God, are you trying to tell me something? Like the day I received my DD-214 and, and I only, I had a meetup group because I started with a meetup group, not to do what I'm doing now, but it was just a meetup group so that, hey, let's go to the movies, let's do this, just so we could stay connected because there's power in, in community. And I knew having a community was that self-accountability so that you, you know, either one of us wouldn't retreat to that dark space. And with women veterans, we're pretty much, our numbers are pretty high with suicide and our numbers are high for homelessness. And I knew that the more connected that we are, um, the better we are to, together. And it keeps us, you know, keep us afloat <laughs> as you, as I could say, but that's how I, that was a long, that was a very, very long explanation. But that is the reason why um, I decided to do She Vets It. So she vets it. She gets it. She vets it. She that's is it. the vet. And, you know, look, I, I, I have sisters, you know, I work with women, but there's certain things as a guy, Althea, that I just don't understand still about how women work. I'm just going to say that because it's the truth. What is it that women bring to each other that say, you know, besides the obvious ones, right? Like I'll never give birth ever. I mean, it just won't happen. But what are some things that, you know, women as a group do for each other that, that men, not because we don't want to, because we can't. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say, well, one thing about men and women, the difference is women, we are natural connectors. We're natural connectors. We want to connect. Um, men, you guys connect, you know, hey, how are you? You shoot the breeze and then you're gone. But women, we are really come together to really make connections. And so that's why when you see the suicide rates, that's why there's a difference in how men uh, do things and how women do things. And so with us as women, we're different too. Because societies, um, we're, the kids, the family, whether you're civilian or you're in the military, the children already know dad is the provider. He's going out, he's going, he's going to be gone, or, or maybe he's, in, he's overseas, he's going to be gone. The kids can accept that. But our role as women is not often that the mother goes overseas. And how the children respond to the woman going overseas could be different too, because there could be resentment that mom, who's usually the one, the nurturer, the one who is, you know, the one that the kids usually will run to when she's not there, that changes the dynamics of the family and how the dependence and how 
the 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 family uh you know even the husband the husband's not used to like oh i'm home and she's gone that is just so it it's not even something that we're even socialized to think that that should happen and so that's what makes us so so different and that's what makes our experiences different too as 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 women how we are more emotional and how we deal with loss and things like that so being strong we're we're used to being strong and for the kids and keeping it together because even if the dad don't the mom is going to keep it together for the kids and that's what makes our mental health probably even more complex yes <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm look i'm a little word heavy i i just get passionate about some no no, no 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 <laughs> but but but, but. You know, I'm saying yes, because, you know, it does make sense, right? I, I mean, you, you know, I'm not by nature connector. I'm very much happy being alone. And, you know, then all my nieces will come up and say, hey, Uncle Travis, tell me how you feel. And they really mean it, you know, whereas, you know, my boys and I can grunt at each other and we kind of know what's going on for the day. It, it's just a very different set of skills that's needed. And... Mm -hmm. You know, I, th I think it's important for, you know, us as, as as male veterans to understand that there's some differences there and how you all do things so we can support each other effectively. That, that's that's all. So just yes. Yes. I get it. Yeah. Like even how I responded when I was just thinking me overseas when I was in Afghanistan, where people would call home. I could not call home. It was hard for me to call home. Really? Because I didn't want to know something that I couldn't, something that I couldn't help and be there for. I didn't want to hear, if that makes sense. Because I'm like, did he let her go outside? You know, at the, the right, you know, or I don't know, you know, because we, the, the, the mother, you know, we have our certain ways how we do things. So I'm like, okay, you know, and then oh, so if he's not doing it your way, it's going to be hard for you. Well, no, well, not that, but you know, we we are, I don't know, we're just more hands-on than maybe the the husband is. So that was more stress. So to me, that's another dynamic is just how we, you know, we're nurturers and how we care for our kids and things like that. The husband might go overseas, he probably don't even care how <laughs> like, okay, she got well, it. <laughs> well, I was gonna say because you know, I didn't deploy overseas, we did punch out in the field. And the sergeant would get the phone call from his wife and he'd get like a two hour explanation of everything that happened throughout the day and had to, I shouldn't say had to listen, but listened as best as he could to everything going on. So it's, that's a very different, like, like, huh? Well, it could just have been me because like I said, I have my, my battle buddy. She was on the phone all the time. <laughs> So it was, it was just me. It just brought anxiety to me. Like I just, my anxiety, just knowing that I couldn't be there with them. My daughter had, um, she was going to prom, about to graduate. My younger daughter, she was going into kindergarten. Um, my daughter that was going to um, uh, graduate, she lost one of her close friends. And so just a lot of those different things that I just couldn't, I just had a lot of loss during that year during deployment on the outside, plus the loss in Afghanistan, that kind of, it just made it a lot tough for me to kind of handle. Just, 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 
just curious how, how did you and your husband do this did you did, were you happy to see your husband when you got to see him from coming back from Afghanistan did you miss him did he miss you how, how did that dynamic work we um actually it was really tough coming back because I think I came back a little different I kind of felt like um it was them and then there was me and it was really weird because I, I, I didn't feel understood necessarily. Be, I think because I didn't have the opportunity to share the story, share what my experiences was, and I didn't want to talk about it. So they knew that something was different, but I just didn't, I wasn't ready to talk about it. So that, and, and I hadn't yet got the counseling that I needed to understand why um, I was, uh, why that was taking place and you know that communication um, because we we get briefed on how to deploy but we don't get briefed on how to um uh how to come back really and adjust to the family and that makes sense right i mean you know even in relative peacetime it's just like here's your separation here you need to do see them you know by so you go through all this loss in afghanistan and coming back and reintegrating back to being you know mom wife mother all that good stuff and then you separate and then you start you know she vets it how how did starting it work how did it look when you first got going and you know tell me about that please well, actually, I originally started because I was just trying to keep my mind going, you know, experiencing traumatic brain injury. I just didn't want to be home doing nothing. You know, I was pretty high speed. You know, I've ran a chamber of commerce. I've done a lot of things and, you know, in the military. So then now all of a sudden, I'm in, you know, I'm not doing anything. It was like, I got to keep my mind going somehow do something. And, and so my thing was like, okay, what skills do I have that is transferable that I can use? And what I felt was like, I had the ability to connect people. I was, I'm a connector and, you know, running a chamber of com commerce, I've connected with executives, you know, major people brought in um, governors of different, you know, I've worked in high level uh, places. And then going to not being the same person and my stress level was to is totally different than when I was before I was injured so the things I can handle then is different than what I handle now so doing Shivetsu was is more at my own pace um, but what I did was um, more so shared information so if I heard about programs that I just seen online because I'm just cruising online then I just shared it. So I found on my meetup group, I would share that information on, on Insta, you know, on Instagram, and I would just constantly just share. And then after a while, organizations start sending me things. Hey, can you post this? Can you post that? And I'm like, oh, okay. And so universities, and even when that that uh, actor in Hollywood actually was running for governor in California, when he contacted me, then. There was PBS contacting me. Then there's other universities. So I'm like, okay. So then I just kept doing it consistently, but it was just, I was just, I needed something to do. And I just felt that was my way to 
help disseminate information. And because when we are as, as veterans, when we're in the military, everything is at our disposal. You know, everything, you know, you got the, the medical clinic, this, that, everything is handed to us. We, our NCOs don't tell, tell us where to go if we don't know how to get there. But when you get, when the uniform is off, you're on your own. You got to find out what doctor you're going to go to, where you got, where you sign up, what do you do here, what, you don't know these things. So when I find out about these organizations that support and help veterans, every time I hear them, I'm like, oh, that's a cool um, uh, veteran organization. So I post it on my page for other people to be able to um, learn more about them. So what you start off was, you know, checking one point over another point started just kind of snowballing, it sounded like. And then, mm-hmm. you know, as you, you went on, I, I guess, I guess I'm kind of curious when you make that connection mm-hmm. and you deal with the daily challenges of your, your injury, but you still find a way to get that favor, make the connection. What's the feeling inside when you, when it like works, Althea? Um, I say when I have a veteran that tells me that they want to take their life or someone who said that they were in a very dark place, but every time they're in a space which she vets it and they hear a speaker, it just, it's motivated them to find purpose or something that's positive. Then I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like just like they're finding their purpose, I'm operating in minds and it's just a confirmation you know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. That's awesome. That is awesome. So you're doing this mm-hmm. and you, you, you're part of the coalition and, and we meet and, and you know, we, we have our, you know, group meeting and you, we reached out to each other and started talking and you told me about this platform called Clubhouse. Yes. I kind of knew what Clubhouse was, but you were like, on the group and with me it's like Travis you gotta get on Clubhouse I'm like Althea it's another platform I gotta do I don't know anything about Clubhouse what I gotta do be like Travis just just try it for me mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit about how this she vets it got on the Clubhouse platform because it's a little bit different you're not like on YouTube or you know Facebook live but you've got the Clubhouse thing dialed in and I got an education, but, but how'd that get going? Oh my goodness. I'm trying to, oh, actually it was my, my friend's uh, daughter that was on it all the time. And my friend would tell me about it. And I'm like, what is this coming? And I kept seeing, I saw my brother on it, but he's, he's in the music industry and he works with some high level people. And I saw he was on Clubhouse and it's like major uh, you know, industry people that's in his room. And I'm like, what is this clubhouse? I got to go and see this. And so I signed up and I was like, hmm, maybe I'll do She Vets It on this platform, you know, versus Instagram. I'll you do, the, uh, do what I'm doing on the platform. And so that's how I end up doing it that way. And my focus was to have speakers that come in a speaker series where they talk about entrepreneurship on one day, another day, Wednesday, Wellness Wednesday, they talk about mental health and relationships and fitness and things like that. And then on Thursday, 
I would revert back to Insta, um, Instagram where I do my lives and interview different veteran organizations. Well, it was just um, one, of the, one of the conversations was with a tax professional who was a veteran. And mm-hmm. I was just, not to exaggerate or be hyperbolistic, Althea, mm-hmm. but I was dumbfounded. Like I, I got more of a, of a how to, what to do and what order from that one conversation than any YouTube clip or you know other class out there that, that I listen to. Like here is, if you're starting an LLC or C Corp, here's what you need to do. There's no real sales pitch. She was like, I'm gonna, you know, this is what you need to do. If you wanna roll with me, here's my information in the clubhouse thing, but here's my, my experience and what I've done. And I am like, you know, if there's a need out there that can be met, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've got a resource. Mm-hmm. Other women have resources. And I thought that was a very, I mean, it's been done before, but not done in this way. And I thought that was very impactful. Well, the thing, what I do is I vet speakers. I'm on Clubhouse and I go to different rooms and I hear different people speak and I look at their profile and I look, you know, look them up on Instagram. But most importantly, I listen to them and see how they're able to deliver information and if it's reputable information too, when it comes to, you know, talking about finances, you have to be licensed. So, um, everything that we do on Clubhouse is for educational purposes. And I always share those that are my speakers that this is volunteer only. I don't want my platform or my audience to be solicited. So if you're coming, if you love to come on to speak, I would, you know, that's that you're volunteering to help um, provide some informative information to them, but not to solicit them. Because I don't want them, I don't want people, and I don't like to feel that, I don't like for people to feel like they're being sold something. Because no one that gets on my platform is paid. I don't get paid for it, for them to come speak, and I don't um, pay them either. Um, They just get, I just promote them on the flyer. But for the most part, um, I have different speakers that can talk on various topics, you know, so I, I just want to make sure that we have information that may be something that someone needs. Because I think when you were in that room, there could have been someone that said, oh, my gosh, I was looking for this information. It's always someone in the room like, oh, my God, I was just thinking about this last week and I want to know more about this. And you have this room. So those are the things I look at the season, what's going on around the season, this tax season have someone talk, come in and talk about finances for your business or maybe personal, or maybe uh, it, it could be branding, things like that. No, I thought it was very effective. And um, I, I will say in the interest of full disclosure, I certainly enjoyed um, getting to share about you know my story on, on your clubhouse and thought the feedback was very uh, insightful about things that people were curious about when it came to doing something like podcasting. So um, I, I'm just like, if this is just one of them, there must be a whole series. And you've, you've had, I noticed people coming back to your room, right? You know, over and over again. Um, it, it means you're, you're providing value more than just trying to get likes or, or follows. You're, you're providing value. Is that something that you really strive for? Yes, I, it's value. And I always say, 
that I know this is what I'm called to do. So everything that I, uh, speakers, uh, it's well thought out. And I always say, I'm like, I'm more concerned being at the right place at the right time in the right uniform. So I always have, make sure I have a, the, you know, a speaker that could bring value. I listen to them in other platforms and like, you know what, they would be, they could add some good value to my platform. And then also, I always say this, I'm not concerned about numbers. I'm not concerned about if there's a thousand people in my rooms or a thousand people viewing. I'm more concerned about even if it impacts one person because whoever impacted me, I'm now impacting more than one person. So if I impact one person, if I impact one person that impacts their family, and as a result, that could possibly impact a community. So my thing is, who's supposed to be in the room at the time will be in the room, whether it's a hundred, a thousand, or maybe just five. And that's what I'm more concerned about. I, I just, we talked about this, but that really, really resonates with me uh, on, on many levels. And I want to thank you for sharing that because to me, if that's your foundation for what you do, you can't go wrong. Oh, yes. And, and I don't do, you know, it's not, I'm doing it to serve. Um, like I said, with me, I, I prayed about it and I was like, you know, like, I was like, oh my gosh, I, what can I do to give back in this part of my life, this next chapter? And it was to serve women veterans and veteran families. And so my thing is, I don't do it because I, for money, I don't do it for anything, but this is what I'm called to do. So when my time is up, did I come here and fulfill and, and made a difference in someone's life? And I'm doing it with a different ability, not a disability, but a different ability. So I always share with veterans that no matter what your limitations are, you still can make a difference. Like the, the painter that has no arms and no leg, no arms, but he paints with his feet and he paints beautifully. So the thing is, no matter what our differences is, we can still make a difference with what we have. Well, that's all it is. And, and one thing that I kind of wanted you to share with me, if you would, is, you know, throughout the core of what you're doing on your website and through, you know, other things that you do, I sense that your faith is a very key part of everything you do in your purpose. And I wonder if you'd share a little bit about that with me, please. Oh, yes. So before I joined the military, I had prayed about it. I was like, okay, Lord, give me a confirmation if I should join the military. So I said, Monday, if I don't get a confirmation, look, the bird don't fly by, don't do it. <laughs> then I'm not doing it. So I go to church and the day that I go to church, I kid you not, and I can't make this up. And the pastor, we're, we're not in the military town. The pastor has a a Navy SEAL chaplain, never had anyone military come through that I, since I was there, the, the whole stage was military theme. The teleprompter, the military coming, the army coming in to um, pick up a family. And I was like, okay, I think I need one more confirmation, Lord. <laughs> that I was like, it couldn't have got clear the net. So I joined and then, like I said, but then here's the thing. I joined. I knew without a shadow of a doubt I was supposed to join. I was supposed to join the military. I got the confirmation. It was very, very clear and um, 
obvious. Um, but what happened is going to Afghanistan, losing people, losing that year, uh, even before Afghanistan, getting stuck in AIT instead of eight weeks, I'm there for almost a year because I'm a holdover and going to my first military uh, ceremony and having to go through my battle buddy's things, his, his belongings and put together his uniform in AIT and do CQ at the morgue. That was like, I'm like, God is, you didn't tell me all this was going to happen. So things got real, got real, real fast in the military and then deploying and all of that. And so, like I said, I, I experienced a dark place. I, I watched this movie called The Shack and The Shack kind of helped me pull me a little out that uh, dark space. And, you know, and then with all these different confirmations coming with the actor contacting me when I get my DD-14 DD, uh, and all these different confirmations start coming to, this is what you're supposed to do. Then it's like the military, as I say, you wanna be in the right place, the right time in the right uniform. So if God calls you to do it, I didn't wanna be like Jonah in the belly of the whale where I'm called to do this and I do something different. So I just knew, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it, it just became very obvious. And I've, I've had major people contact TV producers, from, uh, major TV producers contact me. Hey, we need to vet some veterans for this program we're doing, um, the real TV contact. And then I had different, just so many people have reached out to me in high places that is to me, I know it's nothing but God giving me favor because you can do all the things you want, but it's favor that opens doors. And I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not religious either, believe it or not. Well, no, that's, that's, that's why I used faith and, and you know, but it was a, a theme or a, 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 you know, something that I noticed throughout all your work is that your, your faith was a part of what you do. And I really want to thank you for sharing about that. So, um, and I think it makes sense for, you know, where you are in life and how that it goes back to your purpose and everything that you do with the one, um, you know, I, I'm learning clubhouse along with you. You had me speak. Do you have any like cool clubhouse stories or things that happened because of clubhouse? Oh my goodness. Oh, I've, I've, oh my goodness. I've met some major people, you know, I've been able to speak in rooms where, Grant Cardone, who's a billionaire, <laughs> you know, like the ten X guy, the, the the money guy. Yes, yes. So I've I've been in rooms. I've I've been in rooms where filmmakers uh, who who oh my gosh, uh, what's her name? I've I've uh, you know Brandy or Ray J, who connected yeah, he, with uh, Kim Kardashian. Her, his his mom was you know, on the platform, I've been in a room and speaking with her. I've taught, I've been in other rooms where I talked, Damon Dash was in a room one day. So, and then, then this weekend on Easter, on Easter, we did a room, um, it was a poetry slam and the co the co-founder of Clubhouse was in the room. Yeah. So I was like, what? Oh my gosh. And look, and he's, it, it's, to me, it's equivalent, like having, the founder of Twitter <laughs> come in and check you out. Like I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. Yeah. That is that is outstanding. What was it, that like? I was well, you know what? I was, you know, 
I think I, during the time I realized that he was in there, I had just did my introduction um, because uh, I think Michael was like, Michael Quinn, who um, actually was doing, hosting the room, he was like, hey, Althea, tell everyone what you're doing and about your club and everything. And so I was explaining it. And once I finished sharing what I do and I looked down, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Paul Davidson. Oh Lord, how long have you been in here? <laughs> well, you know, so if you see Paul Davidson in your clubhouse, it's a pretty good day. That must've been awesome on Easter Sunday to have that happen. It was awesome. And I wanted to share, and I didn't share earlier, but I also do periodically Floetry Friday, and that's where I bring veterans together, those that um, that are gifted in spoken word and poetry. And so they come in and share. And to me, I wrap it up as a, like a mental health thing. You know, a lot of times we stay in our heads. And so when you write it down, it's like you're getting those things out of your head and putting it on paper. Now, let me give you this thing. I am not a poet. I just admire those that are able to, and I just hold the space for veterans to do that, and she vets it. So, uh, yeah, so June 10th, we're going to do it again. <laughs> well, I can't wait to participate. Oh, just check it out. Absolutely, absolutely. So <laughs> I'm with Althea Williams, Army veteran. She you know, has a, a fantastic story, as you've heard. How can people connect with you, you know, uh, you know through social media or Clubhouse? I am on all social media platforms. Um, you can check me out on Instagram. That's where I'm a little more active. I'm active on there where you can find information of what's going on on Clubhouse. And then, I'm on, you know, most of that information gets delivered to Facebook. And then some information goes to YouTube. But for the most part, Instagram. And then also, I would say, if you want to find out more about what's coming up in the future, because there'll be a lot more major things coming up, exciting things that'll be coming up, you can check me out on shevetsit.com. Make sure you subscribe. I promise I won't spam you. I won't because I don't like it. I have like 100,000 unread <laughs> add messages <laughs> and so I want to be added to that unread message so I would if I send you something it will be good information well I certainly enjoyed my time uh, in your clubhouse I'm working around some ways to use it with what I do and I just like the aspect that you know you're bringing female veterans together to feel empowered and connected even after they served and um you know, I really enjoyed our, our initial conversation after we met at, at the coalition. Um, I guess as we wind this down, like like for this year, let's just take this year, for example, what's next for you in 2022 in Shiva Althea? Ooh, I have some things that I'm not speaking on yet, but it's going to be some really good and exciting things. But I do have some in-person things that are coming up, and that's here if you're in the Texas area. It's a, a veteran community connect. And that's where I'll be bringing in the, I'm actually partnering in with, uh, with the local bank um, credit union. Um, also uh, there's an entertainment um, a center that's out here, quite a few uh, sponsors where we're gonna bring veterans together, kind of like a little fair. And it's gonna be the day before Veterans Day, veterans will be able to have free bowling. Uh, the, the bank will be providing food for um, veterans and their family. So it's going to be a nice little social. And then I'll be giving a few awards to those that I know that really support 
um, veterans in the community and I've already identified them because they do it month after month after month and they're not veterans. So my thing is, is, is doing, is really getting, um, connected in my community. And then I also have other communities in California, Florida, DC, um, Arizona that I, um, connect with as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it has been great having you on. I cannot wait to see what is next. I want to thank you so much for getting me introduced to Clubhouse and allowing me to share on Clubhouse. And, you know, if you're a female veteran, especially, you know, I want you to, you know, I'll have all the links to, well, maybe not all of them, but I'll have the, the links to the Clubhouse definitely in her Instagram in the Oscar Mike Rio show post so you can connect with Althea. And, you know, Althea, I guess I want to close with, you know, for that female veteran out there looking for a community or a way to find her purpose again, you know, what would you leave us with in that regard, please? I'll always say is plug in, you know, plug in with your tribe, like find your tribe. What It, it may not be she vets it. It may be you're into, I don't know, it could be your art, your, your artist, and you know, you have the gift of painting plug into a community where there are artists there, where you are able to, to start really diving into what it is that you wanna do. Just really look at the opportunity with transitioning out the military as an opportunity to restart and start over and like just a new chapter in your life. And how do you wanna paint that? How do you want that new chapter to look like? And that's the beauty of transitioning is that you can start over. And I had to have that mindset because it is scary transitioning out the military, you know, going on the other side and figuring out what's gonna happen. But you wanna connect with other veterans too who have already done it. And that's where she vets to come in because there are women in my community that have already transitioned and most of them are transitioned very successfully. And those are the ones you wanna connect with. Also there's veter veteranti there where you can find a mentor that can help you transition out. But always too is plan ahead. Don't wait until the military tell you when to start planning your getting out the military. I say when you joined the military, that's when you should have been planning to get out. Oh, wow. Well, well, yeah, uh, you know, ex exactly. So that's just start plan, you know, have that plan. But unlike me, I had a plan, but my plans changed because I got injured. So we all don't necessarily have that, but don't be discouraged. Still find a community. If you come in out with a disability, you're different, you know, you're not different, but find a tribe of people that you can connect with that won't let you, you know, go in the hole, you know, people that uplift you, someone you can go to the movies, but don't isolate. That's what I, that's what I would like to give. Have a purpose, have a plan, plug in and don't isolate. That's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. Well, I, I can't wait to have you back on and talk about all this cool stuff you can't share with me now. Not even a little hint, folks. I mean, she is like on it. But uh, it has been great talking with you. Um, and thank you so much for allowing me to come in and you know, experience Clubhouse in your room. And um, we'll see what happens in the future. Oh, yes. Well, I'm so honored. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, as we say in Oscar Mike Rio, uh, Althea, we are Mission in Flight. Thank you again and stay tuned for more. Thank you.
I want to thank you for joining me and watching Oscar Mike Radio. Now go to OscarMikeRadio.com and click shop to check out all the cool merchandise from Authentically American. All proceeds go to veteran service organizations. We are Mission in Flight.